There we go. Hello and welcome to the Electrician's Guide to Everything. This is a bonus episode um, with Mark Allison, the forehead himself, and Beardy McBeardison, Stuart Cato. Welcome <laughs> once again. Um, I feel like before you didn't get an opportunity to talk about what you really wanted to talk about, and it's quite pertinent to the trade at the moment. So please disclose what you wanted to talk about. Well, I, I thought it's quite um, quite prominent to speak about part eight at the moment. You know, brand new uh, part added to the regulations, and uh, yeah, it's it's throwing some some interesting things out, and we'll see what actually comes in uh, in the regulations themselves. So, for those of you who know the Monday Club, you'll know I'm probably the most technical one on the uh, on the show, and um, yeah, the DPL part six is quite important. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Listen, man, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm here to learn. And that's quite important. Um, but I've got a funny story to tell you. That's it. It's all to do with the Fat Boy Bike Club, right? So we know I'm the founding member of the Fat Boy Bike Club. And we have different chapters all over the world. Um <laughs> founding and only member no don't say that <laughs> so <clears throat> so i'll go to work my bike's on the bike crack and one of the straps broke so i use the other strap and i've got some cable ties out as we do uh, and i cable tied it to the to the bike rack and it was all good perfectly fine and i'm driving down the road now and i turn onto what's called the thanet way and it's an a road but it's a 70 mile an hour a road driving along and all i hear is Tung! and then i look at the back look in my wing mirror i'm like oh and then all of a all of a sudden i say, bye and it goes and rick's on the phone at the same time and i'm going oh oh no no oh 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 and the bike's bouncing down the road <laughs> cars are all swerving around it and then it bounces over into the into the bush um yeah fucking lost my bike on the on the way home from work no way what are you gonna do yeah. now well this is what i'm saying you're gonna have to start running <laughs> listen that's not good for the fat man's knees uh, what i need to do is uh, tomorrow i've got an operation going on it's called operation rescue daddy's bike and we will go and get my bike right <laughs> so um, that is never then... gonna work that bike is broken forever by the sounds of it <laughs> so badly broken i can't even tell you it must like i swear to god it must have bounced 15 times and like at one point it was so high up in the air i was like that is gonna kill someone um how no one got hurt it bounced no one got hurt um and it was absolutely fine apart from my bike is in some farm field sitting there like an idiot um and yeah so i thought i thought i'd share that and rick was howling with laughter whilst i'm going no my bike he <laughs> thought it was my motorbike but it's not it was my push bike and then he's like yeah. then he started laughing at me so yes uh, dear. No, that well, isn't... Rick's, rick's always there with a the support isn't he he'd have been yes. crying into his fern when that happened well he'd be crying into his tooth water because you know he's got a, he's got a gammy tooth and he? he has to put it in water at night like dentures. 
<laughs> right. Bless anyway, this, listen, let me not bring down the tone of this podcast um, and let's raise it up with some intelligence. Mark, you go and get coffee. Stuart, <laughs> let's crack on. Bro. <laughs> well, so, where, to, where to start, mate? Part eight. What was it about? It's about, well, part eight, chapter 82. It's about prosumers, low voltage electrical installations. Right. Okay. Um, my first issue with this is the is the word prosumer. Because what they've done, they've yeah. gone, it's, a, it's about pro producers and consumers. However, they've decided and to... Like, and both. Say again? So, like, when you've got your solar panels on and all that stuff and you're, you're producing your own power... Yep. You're, um, you might not produce enough, so you also take some off the grid as well. Is that what a prosumer is? Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair enough. My, my slight issue with this is they've also thrown in people with battery storage. So if you've got a battery storage but no generation, you're still a prosumer. So you're well, not producing... Is that a thing? Is that a thing yeah. where people like charge up a battery from? That can't be economical. Oh, but yeah. is it? Is it in case of like a, a power cut or you know, like a prepper? Would a prepper have batteries? <laughs> yeah. So, so some people do that. Um, I've got a customer who's we, we're just in discussion about putting battery storage in at the moment, and what he wants to do is is put a couple of power walls in, charge them up over the night, and then use them to run his ground source heat pump in the daytime. So, so charge them up on cheap electricity and then run run the ground source on that rather than paying the full whack in the daytime. Um, I'm going to ask a dumb question. I feel like that would still be quite expensive. Well, and how yes, many years would it take to save that 30p a day to pay for the Tesla Powells? What? I don't know. I'm laughing, but I might be wrong. Probably. Yeah, well, well, if you think a heat pump, you know, they're, they're a big old lump and... You know, they, they can use 20, 30 units a day. Mm. So actually, if you're paying 15p a unit, that's um, that's that's a lot. <laughs> it's yeah. too late on a Friday <laughs> evening to work that out. Mate. It's kind of well, the opposite hey, of real life. don't sound like a lot. A lot of people use the battery storage to store the solar energy, don't they, to then use, on a, use it on a night. So you're saying this guy wants to do it a bit in reverse for that and use the off-peak electricity to charge his batteries up to then yeah. run the big heat pump through the course of the day. That's it, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I mean, you could see that it's probably it's about 15 quid a week, just roughly speaking, it probably saved. To run it for 55 years to pay for the Tesla Powells, well done. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the cheaper systems, isn't there? <laughs> There's yeah. better ways of doing it, no bed. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I'm not calling your customer, no bed, sorry, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's fine. Um, so, so yeah, they've, they've decided to, to band in... Um, storage systems within inside the, the prosumer thing so so you may not be producing electricity but you're still classed as a prosumer yeah um is 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 the gist of uh, of you know the proposal in part eight and is this about sharing the battery storage among people outside of your household as well Stuart? so if you've got a tesla powerwall for example that you, you've charged up off your panels you could then export that back to the network to be used by your next door neighbour. Uh, to to an extent, yeah, I, I think there's there's sort of a, a a plan down the line to to sit there and go, well, actually, 
um, you know, if if five percent of the people have got battery storage, if we allow the DNO to take one kilowatt out of each battery overnight, then that that reduces the load on the grid. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they, it's a bit cagey still, but I think they're 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 setting the groundworks for that sort of thing. Yeah, because I've seen some people sort of raising the issue of um, providing overcurrent protection for going the other way, if you like, through your service head back into the grid in that scenario and suggesting that we might not have the right protective devices there or we could risk blowing our service fuse to our property and doing it. But there must be some sort of control to stop that ever being a possibility in the equipment that's installed. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't think you'll ever have an issue blowing your service fuse. No. Um, but actually in part eight, they do talk about, uh, which we'll go on to later, about an islanding mode. And you've got to design a system to allow for it to be to operate in reverse. Yes. Basically. So that, so that does require looking at your, your overcurrent protection and your all your protective devices and potentially adding them onto the other end of the circuit. Right. Okay. Yeah. Say more than right, okay, Mark, because I'm trying to understand it. And it's going over my head, so I need you to back me up on this, bro. Well, that's why Stuart's here. I want to learn this as well. I, I don't know anything about renewables as such. Neil was supposed to be here with his long head talking about it with Stuart because they're the guys Listen, who know all about it. Hold on. You can't be calling no one long head. All right. You've got, you've got long forehead, bro. I've measured my head, and it's much shorter than Neil's. Much Everyone's shorter. head's much shorter than Neil's. Neil's just a joke. <laughs> Do you know, back in the day, like, so a, who knows what a proto-hominid is? So they're like before humans, like the type of half-monkey people that were running about back then, yeah? So a proto-hominid, one of them was a gigantopithecus. And what? it's basically... A gigantopithecus was actually a hominid, a two-legged hominids that run about back in the day those like and they look exactly like neil really so i think he's <laughs> like a throwback from um gigantopithecus wow well that's the missing him. link <laughs> and rick is um rick's called um a cro-magnon man that was another pro uh, um proto hominids um and they're just like they were the they were not they was actually more like brutish and dumb than the uh, the Neanderthal. Mm. <laughs> it looks like Rick. That satire description just I picture Rick. Everything you just said. <laughs> but anyway, we digress again into my world of stupidity. Um, so getting back to the conversation about um, exporting and importing. So we done a podcast with Jordan Brompton from My Energy. Um, yep. What a she's amazing in every single way possible. She is awesome. But they were talking about um the grid use or so when they fire up a power station and stuff, it costs a load of money to sort of is it balance a grid or something? Yeah. So they're talking about using the battery power and like if you've got your car plugged in to take a tiny bit of your power from like loads of different places like loads of different households tiny bit of your stored power to balance a grid yes Does that yeah. come under the prosumerian it does yeah so they're, they're they're introducing this thing called um called eames 
electrical energy management systems. Right. And what they are predominantly designed to do is, is manage your load, manage your charging, your generation, and potentially what you export back to the grid. So it's, so, it's basically a big management system, really. Decent. So what is the issue we're prosuming for yourself? And the, um, the, the prosuming in, in its entirety and the specifics of part eight. Okay. Well, my only real issue was, was with the name because they talk about producers. But if you've only got battery storage, you're not producing anything. So do you feel like that name's not covering a wide enough... Do you feel like it's just a bit of a misnomer, if you like? like yeah, yeah. I, it's, you know, that's, that's just my personal opinion. Um, so, it's, so really what you need is a more detailed explanation around part eight. So it should categorise the different variants of storage and methods of prosuming, if you like. Well, yes. well in fact, is yeah so prosuming it's like i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm liking it to my dumb self now so many years ago i worked in this office and the bird in there was called leanne and she was so tidy and then the other the other guy um was called alan and he was just a great guy and we had this massive argument in the office what constitutes several and i was like well it's got to be more than seven because i'm dumb and she was fit and dumb. So we both agreed. But I've <laughs> later found out that actually means like a couple, really. Like maybe two or more. So several to me, because it said several, like seven rule. I thought that was, <laughs> that was, must have been it. So I was married to that for years and years. And many years later, I met up with Leanne again. And we both still thought the same. Now, I kind of feel that's similar to the prosumer argument. Because prosumer sort of makes you think oh well, it's prosuming pro producing consuming under one word but actually it's a bit of a catch-all word now isn't it yeah yeah um what a long-winded explanation what a... <laughs> <laughs> i shouldn't have told that story should i <laughs> With the, with the battery storage though if you've got a i don't know an hundred grand tesla on your drive sam would you be happy to use that battery and wear it out potentially faster, letting the, the national grid draw juice out of it? Well, I'm going to use the I'm going to use a Brompton argument here, um, yep. and she said it's actually not a lot coming out of the. They're not actually using a lot. Um, the more people that have it, the less each individual person will use. So it'd be a tiny, tiny amount, a couple of percent maximum. Um, and the discharge, the charging and discharging of a battery, it actually extends the life of the battery rather than having it just sitting um, for all the time. To discharge it and recharge it is actually better for the battery. Yeah, well, but the other argument with that is if you've paid to charge that, what's going to happen when they take that back? Are they going to um, refund that money and then also give you a benefit? On that, no, or... I think I think there is. I think it's like a scheme you opt into, and you get a nice little whack out of it. That's what she's. I think she said something like that. But listen, you're talking to me. You're asking <laughs> me for advice on stuff that I don't know about. But no, I think they're like, obviously they're not just going to take it and be like, "Well, thanks for that, bros." 
Here's your yeah. bill. <laughs> I doubt it. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I, I went to look at a solar job the other day, actually, to, to put in an EV charger. And they were on uh, they were on a scheme where the they could import and export from their storage. And actually, it was costing them more money. It was costing them more money to run that storage than it was before they had the PV put in and the battery storage. Really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So Why? I... I I, I, I don't know. The, the customer didn't go into full details. It may be that there's a, a huge management fee. It may be that they're they're taking it back at X amount and only paying you, you know, and you, you only pay 10% of that to buy it back. Mm. Um, but either way, they said they were out of pocket. So as soon as they could, they got out of that scheme. Uh, th that seems to me like they didn't read the, de the, the small print properly. Like... Unless, unless it's broken down to me and I'm, I can see a real value to me doing that. Yeah. And a charity. Like, I don't care about your grid. I don't care about nothing to do with you lot. Unless you're paying me, go away. That's how I am. Like, with energy companies, like, I don't care. Um, because actually, I've got like a £1,500 EDF bill for some reason. I'm not even sure why. Um, so, yeah, there are other energy supplies available um, but yeah. um it's a it's a funny thing it's a it's a new virgin technology that is actually why is it it's gonna there's gonna be a lot of hiccups not hiccups but there's gonna be a lot of things missed when it first comes out um yeah and these these companies they're gonna capitalize on that because that's what they're there to do they're there to make profit they've got thousands of staff sitting there thinking of ways to make more profit and if they can you know find a little little way to earn a earn an extra few quid they will do it um and it's kind of buyer beware for me if i'm gonna if i'm gonna go out and buy a ev installation for my house um fit it myself obviously um I it's buyer beware with the plan that I sign up to. So when people say, "Oh yeah, but it's costing me more and all that," then you're dumb. I'm sorry, you're dumb because you're just dumb. That's the end of my yeah, I'm so the, the problem I've got with that, Sam, is that it, it's all well and good, but a lot of these schemes, like with the solar scheme, they can go, "Oh, you're going to generate thirty thousand units a year," and you go, "Okay, brilliant. That's all in the small print." You sign up to it and they go, oh, no, you've only generated five. You know? And yeah, but that's all you've gambling, got... That's like gambling, isn't it? Again, that's like gambling. That's buyer beware. You know you get Yeah, but, but you, you get so many of these companies that, that go out there and, and, and sell these things or, you know, there's there's companies that are selling um, selling batteries. They just they phone you up, go, oh, you've got solar. You need a battery. And people are going, yeah, okay. But actually it transpires that they've only got... Um, you know, they've only got uh, a small amount of generation. They may have one kilowatt. They're never exporting anything. So they'd never be charging their battery. But they've been told by this company that actually it will benefit them. But that's buyer beware, man. That's like going to a used car dealership and buying a lemon. It's on you. Like, it's, well, it's kind yeah. of, a, that's a bad example. It's like going and buying a car privately out the back of, auto trader that shows my age um 
<laughs> like under the 1500 pound and under mark and thinking you're buying a ferrari and really you've bought an mr2 with a body kit on that's your own fault you should have done your research and you should have done, you should have gone prepped or took an expert with you like i don't yeah, but on, on, the on the flip side though mate if someone had said oh yeah here's a v5 for a for a ferrari this is that car you know and you check everything out and it all looks legit and then you get it home and it falls apart it, yeah. It's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a you know tough argument. There is so a lot of mis-selling within, so there isn't there definitely. There's so definitely, these aren't like your like your big power companies doing this. Is we're talking? Oh about... no no no! So, so this is more this is more the the small installers or oh, okay. um, energy provide uh, not energy providers um, like uh, uh, corporations, small corporations that are you know. They'll, they'll get in 100 users and go, yeah, actually, if we all club together, we can do this, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out they're all out of pocket. So what would you see changed in this? Would you see a more detailed outline? Would you um, break down what prosumer... Would you like a definition of prosumer? Is it, or does it, is it in there? No, it's in there. To, to be honest, I think it's just my my personal view on the term prosumer you know prosumer is a is a term that they've come up with to to define someone who imports and exports energy but they've gone you're a producer and a consumer but there's this middle gray area that that you don't produce but you're still classed as a producer uh, uh, yeah. yeah you're still classed as a prosumer let's invent the word hashtag it right now <laughs> what would you call it what, what would, would i call, call it area? i would call it an, uh, an ex-sumer so you're an exporter ex-sumer <laughs> an ex-exporter and a consumer an ex-sumer you've heard it here first <laughs> agt have crowned that middle thing gray area x the gray area the ex-sumer not like where you dig bodies out of the ground or something. <laughs> no, that... Exhumed. That's exhumed. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, Mark. I, I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> the exhumer. No, I like it. The exhumer. I like it. That's it, right? Hashtag exhumer. I'm doing it right now. Copyright. Do you think yeah, we're ever getting, getting to a time where you might have, for example, a massive tower block that's in island mode permanently? with a huge battery storage plant room, solar panels all over the roof, wind turbines stuck on top, and it doesn't need a DNO connection. No. Mm. Is, is, is a long and a short of it, because the, the, the battery pack you would need to, to run a tower block off-grid, even a battery pack to run a house off-grid, would be, you know, to run it off-grid 24-7, would be phenomenal. Mm. Wait, you know, certainly, certainly if you're looking at down solar route, because... As soon as you get in the deep, dark depths of winter, you're not producing anything, but you're using a lot more. Right. Yeah. I'm going to prove you wrong on that with my pub knowledge. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's hear it. Right. So I know, I'm probably not going to prove you wrong. I'm just probably going to talk rubbish as usual. Elon Musk. No, right. Uh, <laughs> Tesla. Um... Australian. Are you going to go for the battery farms? No, in Australia, right? 
I seem to remember the story, right? So in Australia, they had this really, I can't remember what part, where was it? Homestead Power Reserve, might have been. Anyway, there was somewhere in Australia and Elon Musk said, right, well, I had a wonky power grid and uh, it's all going out of whack all the time. So Elon Musk went out there with his big brains and his big balls and he went out there and he done a deal with him. He said, listen, I will build this in a certain amount of time and it will fix all your problems and it will perform to 100% of this spec and blah, blah. And if I don't, you can have it for free. My gift to you. And he went out there and he done it and it worked. And he basically... Electrical power plant outperforms expectations. See, I'm not... Basically, Google... Yep, it's recording again, so it says. Sorry about so. that. <laughs> right, so we're back again. Nobhead Mark living in the north where the fucking White Walkers live have um, has had a power cut, like in 2020 in England. See, so see Mark, this, this, this wouldn't happen if you had battery storage and uh, exactly. you know, you're a consumer. It almost, it almost <laughs> blows my mind that we're talking about this stuff and he's had a power cut top north. I can um, go into island mode. It's ironic, isn't it? If I could have gone yeah. into island mode, also switch over. See, Neil's house wouldn't have had a problem. But no, that's, does. that's it. Um, so what I will say is, we were talking about the virtual power plant in Australia that was built by Mr. Musk himself. And then we moved on to... Um, the it's a bit, So me and Kato were saying that actually probably would cost way too much to build a power plant battery storage facility for a block of flats but somewhere like dubai where they've got plenty of cash to do stupid stuff like that could do it mm. and they've got plenty of sun so it'd be a no-brainer for them and plenty of space yes they've got a whole desert yeah but there's no more oil left <laughs> <laughs> i'm never getting into dubai now am i <laughs> <laughs> My sister lives out there. She's always asking me to come over. And I'm like, no, not really. Not really. Not for me. It's not for me. It's weird, weird isn't it? Like a city in the middle of a desert. No, not Mad Max. Not going. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. So, Mark, what questions do you have, mate? Uh, my well, shoulders I... are getting tired. Yeah, yeah so fair enough. Now, I was going to say, Stuart, we were talking about island mode. Do you yeah. have an opinion on um, sort of lost neutrals when you're swapping into that and then maybe sharing in properties that are an island together? So I've seen some examples of that where you'd have a, a terraced row of houses or a small system of flats, if you like, and say so you lost lost the neutral on that sort of installation. Yeah, I... I... <sighs> See, I, I was analysing this the other day, and I've, I've been looking over part eight. And I, I don't think something like that would happen with with regards to the the, the terrorists, okay? Because to put them in island mode, you then need to disconnect them from the grid somewhere. So if you had ten houses in a terrace, that means you need a disconnection point from your grid under the road, or you know, in a in a cabinet somewhere. Um, so I don't think things like that would really be be an issue. To, to be honest, I think it's either it's only really going to be um, single properties or, or blocks of flats. Uh, you know, when you have a, a, 
uh, a B&O, so a building network operator. Yeah. Um, that that may cause an issue, um, but I can't see it being sort of more. Uh, I can't remember what they call it now. Is it is it the collective? There's there's so. three three separate bits. I think it's the. I wouldn't the ask collective. me. <laughs> no, I think you're right. It is a collective. That's what they refer to it as. Yeah. Um, so so I don't see that actually really being a a, a thing because you you need a, a a shut off point for for the DNO. And they're not going to go around installing those under the roads or, you know, back to the main transformers because because they, they're never going to be able to produce enough to cover those buildings. Yeah. And that's fair enough, I suppose, isn't it? So, yeah. Just just jumping away from the um, presuming for a minute, one of the other interesting things I saw to do with uh, Amendment 2, because um, it is important, I think, that if anyone who's out there listening to all this, if you can comment on the um, DPC... You can have your say, so if you go over to BSI and make those comments, you can have the changes done that you think are applicable, or at least suggest them. And something I picked up on the NAPIT webinar, I don't know if you've watched them, Stuart, but they mentioned about isolators for um, kitchen equipment, for example. So, you know, at the minute, if we have a below-counter washing machine, tumble-dryer dishwasher, we'd yep. fit a 20-amp isolator or an isolation point somewhere, so you could turn that off. They're saying in this amendment, it removes that requirement from the regulations. So I didn't know if that was maybe really? a good... Yeah, yeah. So I was surprised by that because I've not heard that anywhere else. No. And I... I haven't been I haven't been able to look back and, and check through it again on the webinar because they haven't released it yet. So it's just Stop. from first watching it. Stop. What is that beeping, bopping sound? Or beeping? Who's got their phone near the microphone? Not me. No. Ludicrous. Go on, ask that question again, please. I'm trying to concentrate. Was it beeping? It's all right. It's good now. Okay. Now, I was going to say, um, so on the NAPIT webinar, they mentioned about under-counter kitchen equipment. Sorry, so... Mark. Is that NAPIT or NAPIT? Yeah, NAPIT. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned about um, isolation points for them above the worktop, so you could turn them off um, if you needed to. They're saying in this new amendment that that's been removed and they're accepting that the consumer unit main switch or circuit breakers acts as that isolation point for maintenance and you no longer need them. Now, I've not seen anyone else speak about that and I haven't had a look myself on, on the um, amendment to, to try and find it because I was waiting to re-watch the webinar again once it's released because that was something that I thought was um, probably a step backwards. Yeah, that... that that seems a bit odd to me, to be honest, you know, it's, it's good practice. It's, it's helpful to have that point. You know, I know, I know customers, certainly older customers who like to be able to turn that off at night or, you know, when mm. they go away, they like to be able to isolate it. Um, yeah. I guess they're not and also, yeah. And also if you have an issue with it, you know, I've, I've certainly had problems with the washing machine or the dishwasher and it's great to be able to isolate that one unit and go right let's get that out let's fix it and not lose everything in the kitchen because yeah because you certainly get an earful from the wife you would wouldn't you <laughs> yeah. so, i mean that was one of the things that i thought i might comment on away from all this stuff everyone's talking about if that ends up being true so yeah again just going back to that if anyone is reading all this stuff and they do want to comment i think it's important that we do and there's every chance that this, this might end up being the most commented 
amendment to the regulations ever because there's a lot of people saying the same thing now with social media and everything. Hopefully people do go and have their say. It's your chance to guide the regulations at the end of the day. Well, yeah. yeah cool, mate. So go ahead, cool. I, I was going to say, I, I think as well, there's, there's so much new stuff coming in there. You know, we've got part eight and we've also got, um, was it, is it foundation earthing that they're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a yeah. that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, and there just seems to be so What's much going in there. Earthing? Come on, fucking! I don't know what is foundation earthing. So they're they're talking about having to earth if you've got uh, rebar and reinforcement in your foundations. Yeah, that you have to have a, a point of connection to the to the earth. Is that right, Mark? Am I going down the right lines there? No, that is right. So they're saying you can utilise the rebar that's in the, the foundations of the property as, a, as an earth. And oh. even even earth grids as well outside, so on driveways and things. And I guess that's to help with the EV charging as well if you've got um, the reference potential on the installation to the massive yeah. earth in and around the property. So you don't have to earth... You don't have to earth it because it could become live. You can use it as an earth. I, I, I think it improves it improves your your earth um, earth as a whole, as as far as I understand it. They're, they're, they're saying you have to have access to it. You have to make a joint, and yeah, it's it's all a, all a bit weird. I, I think it's about creating a, you know, when they talk about touch voltage or step voltages. And all this sort of stuff and they're trying to eliminate those kinds of things and you know the more and more we take out of the building by ev chargers we've got these we've got a lot of issues going on there hmm. i mean it makes sense if you've got a great big mesh of metal that's in the ground on the property you might as well use it for an earth why not so could you not do that before you couldn't come up with the idea and be like do you know what i'm going to do i want to use the earth in i'm going to use the, the, the rebar and the foundations to do the earthing. That'll work. Was you not allowed to do that? Well, I, I don't think you can use it as an independent earth. Okay. But now you can. Well, I'm, I'm still not sure now. That, that's the bit. I, I haven't looked over it fully on, on, on that side of life. But I there is think, talk about having to do it. And Yeah, I don't think it's leaning towards it being this whole means of earth, but it is to be part of the earthing system. That's on, on new build property, if this comes into force, that the um, rebar in the ground and the earthing grids as well that you might have to install would all part, be part of the earthing system. So you'd still have your DNO's earth and all of your bonding to incoming supply services. And it's just that equipotential zone, if you like, it's extending it slightly. Did you just say equipotential? I did on your podcast as well. <laughs> Oh, he sounds so scientific tonight. I've been dropping knowledge like a like a World War Two plane dropping bombs. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> uh, I've just been unloading knowledge about Gigantopithecus, about you know um, Elon Musk out in. Listen, my not. I'm basically Google without without the search engine. You've certainly so educated me tonight, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so lads, but go on, but, but go Mark, on. going on to um. You know, going on to earthing arrangements, back going back to part eight, there, there's a whole thing that you've got to disconnect from the mains uh, or, or the DNO earth yes. if you go into islanding mode. Yes. So you've got to disconnect 
which means you've got to provide a, a, a TT supply for, for that temporary system. But then you look at it and go, well, if I've got to do a design for the, for the TN, uh, TNS or TNCS and for the TT side of life, why don't we just make the whole system TT mm. and go down that route? And I, I think that that could potentially, a lot of installations will go back to TT supplies. What about pen faults? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> That's your default answer now, to anything about earthing now, isn't it? What about pen faults? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was I right, though? <laughs> it's, well, a no, it's a factor. Because, <laughs> you, well, you won't have a pen fault if you've got a TT supply, will you? This is true. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, at, at the minute... Listen, this is electricity. Go on. At the minute, Stuart, if you've if you've got a switchover between these TN and TT systems, how how do you do it instantaneously? Surely there is a even with a changeover switch, there is a period between one and the other. Is it? Yeah, there's. I think a lot of them work with um, interlocked switches, so they have mm. two switches, uh, and one will only kick in when the when the other one's kicked out. Yeah. Um, I know the the, the Powerwall gateway uh, has that has that function. So it 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 shuts off when it detects that the the grid is gone. It shuts off and then turns onto the battery um, side of life. Um, but also, there's the the fact that if you do that, you have to connect the neutral to the earth. Yeah, um, and that obviously and can't be in place on TN system. So it's it's doing yeah. it quickly enough yes yeah 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 yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> well, why it... are you laughing bro i'm in the conversation it's interesting isn't it because it's all part of the actual application of the regulations that's what we're always left trying to solve as sparks on the ground these people sit and write all these rules for us to follow and then how do we actually make it happen so end users are pissed off when stuff stops working how it should yeah but do you know what? One of the, the good things I like about part uh, eight and, and chapter 82 is actually on first reading, you look at it and go, wow, that's a lot to take in. But the more you, you dive into it, you sit there and go, a lot of this is already in place. Mm. You know, so so things like the, the power wall already go into islanding mode. Um, PV already do direct feed and reverse feeding mode. Uh, things like the, the EAMS, the, the energy, uh, electrical energy management systems are already taken care of by, by things like the Zappi. You know, they, they, they monitor the loads. And in fact, a lot of the, the, the PV systems like Solar Edge, you can run that through a management system and, and that, that looks what your loads are doing and determines what it wants to do. And, and so actually a lot of, a lot of these points that have, have been brought up by part eight are actually already in place and already in service. So it's just giving a definition to what's already happening. Yeah. See, when I started speaking to you a couple of weeks ago, because this was all, I thought, Jesus, a whole new section of the regs. This is going to be far too complicated. And you actually said a lot of this is already in place and it's just kind of pulling it together into the regs book so we can reference to it as electricians, I guess. Is that the purpose of it? Do you think that it's just putting it all in one place? So it's easier for the everyday electrician who's getting involved with EV and battery systems now to have all that knowledge in the book itself. 
yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it, it's giving a, a, a point of reference so that so that Sparks know what they're doing. Um, you know, a lot of this is still going to be specialist, uh, you know, for, for specialist installations. But there's, you know, they, they've added a few bits like having uh, overcurrent protection on on both streams, if for want of a better word. So if you had a, a PV installation that's on a on a submain, you would need overcurrent protection, or, or, or from my interpretation of the part eight, you'd need a overcurrent protection on the normal supply. But if you're to go into islanding mode, you'd also need overcurrent on the the other end to back feed through to the system. Yeah. And that's a complicated system to get set up, isn't it? It's not something that's straightforward. Yeah, yeah back feeding and all that. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I get where you're coming from, Sam. And you know, I, I'm looking at it from a from a PV installer side of life, and you know, we've we've got 12, 13 years of experience with this sort of thing. But the amount of calls we get from from Sparks, you go, I've been asked to go look at you know doing an EICR or I've got to have a look at this, but I don't know anything about the PV. Can you come and look at the PV side? So yeah, I, actually, I think I think you I think you made a valid point there actually, because if you've never been exposed to a PV system, like myself, never even seen one in the flesh, seen one on the outside of a house, but that's about it. So if I was asked to go and look at it, I'd be out of my depth. I can apply the general um, knowledge of you know, your your the general theory of elect electrical installation to it, but really and truly, if I need to get into it in any in depth way, there's so many nuances that I'd be completely out of my depth, and I'd have to go away and research it, and I probably wouldn't do that, and I would probably just never go back to the job. But um, do you see like a bit of a split going on there in the industry, or do you think um, it's a matter of um, education in the like in the apprentice stage bringing in some more basic understanding of pv or do you feel like it's on electricians tonight it, it, it's a tricky one to be honest because actually there's a lot of stuff relating to pv and the the electrical side of pv that i don't think is covered in the regulations so regulations uh you know, uh, part seven, I can't remember what it is now. Is it chapter 22 or, or yeah, chapter 12? Uh, yeah, chapter 22. Somewhere yeah. around there, isn't it, Sam? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one of those chapters talks about PV, but actually from from a from electricians uh, and a PV installer's point of view, personally, I think it's quite lacking in information. So even if even if you wanted to go look at a PV system, and you said, you know what, I'm going to read, read that chapter. You'll look at it and go, that's, that's all gobbledygook. Yeah, I'll do. You know? Yeah. And... Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say and... that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, so I, I think there is a, a sort of a, a knowledge gap and a, and it's quite tricky because, you know, sparks who are, who've just got apprentices who never touch a sink are never going to show their apprentices that they're never going to tell them that they're never going to, they're never going to learn that the colleges are never going to teach them that. No. And so, you know, they'll go out into the big wide world and go, 
it's a PV system. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, like, it's like me. I've never been exposed to it. How am I meant to know? Am I meant to... For me, um, I wouldn't... I probably wouldn't come across a job that I'd need to know it because often on like a... Um, on a job that I would be on, they'd probably have a subcontractor that deals just with that system or yeah. would be doing a very small part of a big system. So you'd only be doing like taking the power supply to where it never needs to go and a bit of containment. I, yeah. My need to know it is probably means I wouldn't go out and learn it just for curiosity. Um, I don't, I would have no practical application for it, but if I was a house, if I was a, a house basher, a domestic installer, um, I think it's something I'd probably need to know because it's going to become more and more popular as we go on. Certainly don't know with car chargers and stuff like that. There's also a number of different problems that can happen from that as well. Well, um, that, that's another example, you know, that's a, a, a little specialist market, you know, and the amount of EV, because we do EV as well, the amount of EV charges we see that have been installed by someone going, yeah, I know how to do that. I've, I've read the regulations and actually it doesn't comply no. because they, they haven't done the, the further training. So, it's, so, so it, uh, there's going to be a load of electricians out there listening to this thinking, you know what, what are they talking about? That is of no interest to me. Um, and, and that's fair enough. But I think, for those for those domestic installers and people like that, it's something you're probably going to have to learn, isn't it? It's probably something you're going to have to get under your belt. I think yeah, so. Yeah, I definitely. Mean, as, as, uh, I was going to say, we need to either decide if we're going to do this through the apprenticeship system, as you said, Sam, so we're going to change that drastically because the industry's changed quite rapidly recently. So we're going to start including things like EV charging, smart home, PV, solar generation and battery storage into the apprenticeship system and strip out some of the stuff that's been there historically and put this in in its place or are we going to have specialist training after you've qualified as a practicing electrician such as the art of smart training center that we've seen pop up and you know you can go and do your solar training the ev training is it going to stay like that or are we going to start teaching it at grassroots so everyone has a baseline understanding of it from the beginning it's funny it's funny actually because there's like a constant constant question in the industry. What is an electrician's job? What makes an electrician and stuff like that? But actually, um, I've said this a million times on, on the old on the old electrician's guides uh, to everything podcasts, and that is we live in the most unique of times in all of human history. Honestly, we've got all of the world's information at our fingertips at pretty much any time of the day so to the opportunity to learn um the people putting pumping out free content everywhere do you know what i mean about this okay some of it might be a bit moody but some of it might be well but a lot of it i say some of it a lot of it is but genuinely smart articulate and well-read people that are putting the information out in a digestible form. And it's just a fantastic time to be an electrician if you need to level up, if you need to become better at something, if you need to take on this knowledge. Stuart, where would you go to get this knowledge? What, for for PV and EV and stuff? 
Yes, mate. Okay, so, well, I, you know, I, I, I bit the bullet and I did the full training courses. So, you know, PV, we jumped on that bandwagon about 12 years ago. Um, and we went out and training. And at, at that stage, it was a bit, it was a little bit sketchy, actually, because the, the training courses were about installing the PV, but not about the electrics. And there was no real clear guidance on the electrics. So it was a bit sort of cobbling it all together, for, for want of a better word. Um, but, you know, it's, it's trying to find a reliable source of information. If, if you're not going to go to the training courses, you know, you need to, to understand where you can get that information, but you also need to understand your limits. You know, the, the amount yes, of times we see, yeah, the amount of times we see Sparkies have gone into a PV system, like, yeah, we can deal with that. And they absolutely wreck it. They, they destroy it. So take Neil, for example, he is, um, well, he does well, but I don't know why, because he's not that, he's not that smart. Um, <laughs> he's got a massive head, but his, his skull's three inches thick, so he's actually got a brain about that. <laughs> um, so, but he went out and he immersed himself in the world of YouTube and online information, wherever he could find it. And he went down the rabbit hole of finding out about solar PV and all that stuff, electric cars a lot. Um, and now he thinks he's an expert. Um, what's your thoughts <laughs> well, on that? Yeah, <laughs> do you know what? <laughs> do you know what? Neil's, Neil's knowledge is very good. And, uh, you know, I, we had a, a lot of conversations about PV and how it works and, and these sorts of things because we were talking about putting it on his place. Um, but there are, there's certainly... A, like you say there's a lot of very intelligent people putting out content for free about this kind of stuff and, and and you can pick that up my my only concern with that is that you know it's like these these short courses you could sit there and go well i've, I've watched 10 videos on youtube about pb i'm a pb installer now that's an excellent point don't listen to me go and do a proper <laughs> course <laughs> no no i'm <laughs> I'm not saying that, Sam, but there is, there's some, you know, you, you've got to se separate the good stuff from the dross. And yeah, it's, it's a bit tricky, but, uh, and the thing is, good installers and good, um, good electricians will, will always give their information for free. You know, people, people ask me all the time, they phone me up and say, I've got a PV job that's doing this. I'll say, okay, um, just do that or just do that. You know, prime example, I had a WhatsApp message from someone today, uh, the other day about a PV job. <laughs> and, uh, Good Mark Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, the, the, the good guys out there will always share, share the information. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing is as well. Is I've always got someone I can phone who knows about something. I've phoned many of these guys before i've even asked mark how to do uh two-way switching before no i'm joking i'm not <laughs> uh, but um no you, that's a great thing about today certainly in our little circle um you, well i say little circle but i mean i phoned gary hayes for advice before i phoned um neil tiny large head tiny brain bridgeman um 
Mark, Rick, you know, uh, you name Nick Bundy, Dave Osavo. I phoned Dave Osavo once because we had a fault in one of the hotel rooms and it was just absolutely, I don't know, all the LED lights were doing disco lighting and it was, and we tried to rule out every single thing and he done really good video on it about induction or some, some, Anyway, I don't know. I'm way too dumb to follow his videos. So I phoned him to ask him. And so there's people out there you can ask. There's always someone you can ask. Yeah. Um, definitely. Book out and do the training course. And that, was me talking, that was me name dropping like, like a massive dickhead. Um, no, but it's important, isn't it? Because you say about all, all of that. But we have a, an industry movement. I think Gary started it of Better Together. And I think that's something we can all certainly embrace that if we work together, um, effectively, we can help each other in all sorts of things. I mean, Stuart's the expert in solar PV. There's other people. We can ask Neil about push-along trains and stuff if any of us has ever got stuck on a railway. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's always better if we are helping each other. I think that's really important. Yes. Right, let's wrap this up, lads. Kato, Beardy McBeardison, how um, have you got anything to add to close out on? <sighs> You know what, mate? I I don't think so. To be honest, I, I I had a load of notes. I've I think we covered most of it. Um, but it's is that yeah. a set of nunchucks in the back behind you? Where behind your head? Yeah. Which way? That on um, that picture? Yeah. What is that? There. Yeah. No, that's um that's a clip I've got. I've got a big set of A1 plans for a job I'm working on set up behind me. Oh, um, it does. It does a little bit like nunchucks. <laughs> it does. It um, does from here. Well, fair, <laughs> fair enough, mate. But um, <laughs> Marco, forehead. What are you saying? What are we doing? Are, what are we closing out on? I just think if anybody's got a comment to make on this um, DBC, go over and do it on the BSI website. This is the time we can all get our thoughts and opinions involved and potentially change the regulations to a version that we would like to see. So go and uh, do it. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Right. It's been a pleasure. Friday night podcasting, how my life has changed. Um, have a great one, lads. And 